It was a lit weekend, okay? I'm going to bring in the two lit crew right quick. We got Snooka Booker, which is my mom. We have Cole, <laughs> my sister. Sister, sister. And then we have my VP, my manager, Paul Garino, in this thing. There was a really lit weekend this week. We had Juneteenth celebration. Shouts to Joe Biden for making it a national holiday to show the official time when all the slaves were released. It was Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to the moms that are playing the dads. People don't like that. But anyways, happy Father's Day. And then lastly, we announced, well, actually not lastly, there was a lot going on. Goodness. Renee's run, we announced it at the top of this week on Monday. Renee's runs are coming to the ATL twice a week. We're going to be having organized pickup runs. And the concept behind this is everyone loves to talk about the bragging rights, what you did at the gym. You love to come home and tell people you dropped the triple double in the gym. No one believes you. They need more people. They want the proof. Well, we got it. Renee's runs are runs for women. It's going to be a maximum of 30 women per run. And we're going to keep your stats. How many points did you score? Rebounds, assists, calories burned. Yes, there's a health and wellness aspect to it. But more so than anything else, women's basketball just needs more love in the community. And that's exactly what we aim to do. Because me being an athlete, when I was out of season and I was trying to get good pickup runs in and I was trying to get organized basketball in, it's really hard to find that for women. And so we're going to solve that problem today. Well, not today. We launch on July 1st, but Renee's run is coming to town. I'm very excited about it. The last thing on the list, I know you guys did not think that I was not going to talk about our Hawks, okay? As people know, or if you don't know, I'm an in-studio analyst that's actually in State Farm Arena. So when we say in-studio, we mean in arena, but in-studio analyst for the Hawks, and I'm just a huge fan of the Hawks. So having said that, game seven was upon us. And I'm not gonna lie, closing out a game seven on the road, it's just not an easy thing to do. And so... The fact that the Hawks did that, one on the road, closing out the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, trees waving by, shushing people, I don't hear you, ice trade a gang. He's doing that to the New York Knicks. And then we had to close out in Philly. Come on, man. Y'all got to start giving us some more flowers, man. Y'all got to give us our flowers. The Hawks believe Atlanta. We're on to the conference finals. Oh, Kerr, VP, what you got for scoreboard? I'm done. All right, so first on the scoreboard is Russell Wilson in the Sierra opened up a school in Seattle, and it's called Why Not Academy, and it's free tuition for everyone. So it's, you know, athletes doing good with their money. Um, obviously, we know LeBron has been doing it for a, a while now, I think. Um, and Snook, what do you think about that? I think there's no better way to invest in the, the people of tomorrow because school systems, I can tell you, I'll tell you real quick, it's always about the money. I taught if we never could get money to get cutting edge stuff. We never could get enough money to get the people who really wanted to attend the funds they needed. So anytime someone steps out and does that, it's just, like I said, it's just putting uh, some help to the future for the people who need it. Yeah, and for, and for the second thing, we haven't even touched on the Olympics, even though we know it's this year got moved because of Corona. And I think at first they thought they were going to lose money, but since it's advertising, you know, everything is so big and we talk about sponsorships and all that. They're about to, it, it's at 1.2 billion right now in advertisements. Ooh. So I think they're going to be all right. And uh, 
I know Renee got some friends working on the, the Olympics. Oh yeah. There's a lot of the homies working the game. So that makes me excited. Um, Candace Parker, superstar story. If you don't know who Candace Parker is, get a grip. She's going to be calling the Olympics. <laughs> Kenny Main. Y'all should know him from Sports Center, from ESPN, from all the different things that he's done. Shouts to my guy, Kenny Main. And then Monica McNutt, man, she is taking over. <laughs> I've been wanting to say this on the pod, so I'm glad that this triggered my mind. Monica, I see you, homie, man. She is on everything. She's outside the line. She's on first take. She's on Sports Center. She's covering the WNBA. She covered women's college. Like, she's on everything, and we love to see it. She's the only person that picked Memphis in that in that round i mean monica i want to give you five. Oh yes there was still one rose left over here monica that is for you you're killing it we love to see it i remember doing the WNBA draft we did like a live show instagram live show for undefeated for the WNBA draft together and it was a whole vibe and i'm like man she was dope and it ended up being dope so just had to that was a whole tangent I went on but I've been meaning to do this so it just all like word vomited out uh but Monica we see you Candace much love doing the Olympics on NBC and Kenny Main, my guy <sighs> okay sorry I had to get that out <laughs> I don't know if Monica I don't know if Monica's gonna be able to come on but she's on the list oh yeah no and look she's been on the list, I, she's been on the list actually we had her on before she blew up so yeah, and listen, I always, when you are too booked and busy and you have to decline or say, yeah, holla at me in a couple of months, I never take offense to that. That is goals to be booked and busy. Also, a lot of times I know my schedule is not the, the most flexible, so I get it. Monica, if you can't come on until 2022, we love to see it, baby. Over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, for my, la my last one, um, it's kind of it's kind of crazy that it says, uh, in 2017, it was the NFL lifted the bans to have ads about like alcohol and beer and liquor and stuff like that. So 2017, they lifted that. And then 2019, they let teams allow it uh, for ads. And now 2021, they just got their first partnership with Smirnoff and, and Crown Royal, a $30 million deal. Um, so I just like all the leagues and like with the sports betting, everything's like more lenient now. So what do you guys think about that? Money, money, oh. money, money. <laughs> money. That's what it is. That's what it's about. It's about money. And the thing is, is that they know that with the pandemic, people were eat only eating and drinking because everybody was at home. <laughs> so basically they was like, if we're going to make some money, we got to let the people with the liquor come on in because people were drinking their way through the pandemic. And that's facts. <laughs> oh yeah. I did see something where the alcohol price, like oh, the yeah. alcohol, like numbers, a lot of companies were really struggling during the pandemic. I'm going to tell you who wasn't struggling. Smirnoff, <laughs> Hennessy, all of them. Wow, all of Brown, them. Ciroc. Business was booming. I heard wine companies really blew up, but there's like a gazillion of those. So I don't know yeah. uh, certain ones in particular, but yeah, I think the discussion too is how do we feel? I remember, I can think back to when I first came into the league. I think that there was this stigma that it wasn't even necessarily okay for athletes to have alcohol sponsorships. You know, this is back, I even in college, back in 2005, I graduated um, in 2009 from UConn, but it wasn't as like free nilly willy to where the NFL I saw is donating $1 million to marijuana research. I'm like, huh? There's players like, what's the name? Ricky. Um, I forget his Williams. last name. 
Yeah, Ricky Williams, there's players that had to basically forfeit their whole career because they said they were dealing with so much pain and dealing with so much stuff that marijuana got them through it. Matt Barnes said on this very podcast that marijuana got him through tough days. He wasn't, he grew up in a not so good situation and people rely on certain things. Now, uh, some people might say, oh, man, substance abuse. Okay, it's really, <laughs> I, I like we, I have strong feelings about, if it's not harming people, then mind your business. That's just how I feel. And so we start to see now that a lot of these sports leagues are minding their business in a sense of we're not going to test for this. Well, let's see a little research for that to see maybe there is something to it. So how do you feel about that? Like, how do we feel about this new emergence of basically sports leagues minding their business? Because they're making more money. So they'll do it. Yeah. I personally (laughs) think that, first of all, if they, if anyone ever NFL wise thought that these players were not drinking in their off time or smoking or smoking, <laughs> you mean, I, don't, I just was naive to believe that. Yes, they are pre, they are premier athletes and their bodies are everything, but they're still human and they had downtime and they had parties and we <laughs> knew there was parties and they weren't drinking punch. Okay. Let's just say that. So. I want, I want, I mean, I think real now that people are being more realistic about some things and they're saying, they're not saying go out there and be alcoholic. They're just saying, look, there's beer in the stadiums. Why won't you let, why wouldn't they be able to, you know, promote or have these type of relationships? You're serving liquor at the, at these events. So, I mean, come on now. It's just, I think it's just ridiculous for people to be that naive. So what do you think, Ma? Well, let me just say this. Uh, There might now just be letting it out to the public but there's always been dark money and it probably came from a lot of these these companies that was under the table and you know but no one advertised it or promoted or whatever it's always been there but now there's like coming to the surface so people can see it i I don't 100 basically like we know that a lot of athletes have always (laughs) been getting paid since the beginning of time in college but now we have name image and likeness that's releasing on july 1st where athletes in a lot of different states georgia is one of those states florida a lot of these athletes now can make money off of their name image and likeness but to snook's point we know that i'm sure that there's been an athlete that Let's say Ciroc said, yo, come through this party. It's a Ciroc brand party. We'll pay you $30,000. We're not going to brand you as a Ciroc athlete as, as we see now, but we're going to throw you 30,000 and we're going to take photos of you at this Ciroc party. Of course that's been happening. Oh, no, thank you. I can't. That's not, you know, <laughs> that's just not in line with what the <laughs> NFL and what I believe. I won't take that $30,000. Come on now. You know, that was never. We know. and what I love about what's happening is like basically it's realistic so athletes can be their authentic selves if you're like young ma and you drink Hennessy all the time and you are brand loyal to Hennessy I know people that they only drink Hennessy Hennessy and chicken wings is their lifestyle and that's just with the Remy glasses with the Remy Listen, with the Remy glasses, Snook said, okay. And that's their, now that that person that when, and this is how it works. If an, if you sign with an agency and they ask, what brands do you use on a regular basis? So we can go out and get you deals for those brands since you already really love those brands. Well, if there's an athlete that really loves Hennessy, now that athlete can benefit from that. Or if there's an athlete that, listen, Mary Jane is a lot of athletes' friends. It's not good, but a lot of athletes are in pain at, 
all times. They put like their bodies are just beat up. We've seen the walks from the court to the locker room. We've seen what happens to athletes' bodies. So yeah, no one wants to be popping pills all the time. We got to resurface some of those Matt Barnes, th Barnes things that he said. He's paid over $500,000 probably in fines, he said. Fines for breaking the, the drug protocol or when you have to pay. Okay, run him his money back too then. It's all of those things. It's like, let's let athletes be their authentic selves if it's not hurting the game, if it's not hurting anyone in particular. I just, I mean, I don't know. I just like to let people be whoever they are. That's just my personal feelings. I don't think it's hurting nobody. If you see LeBron James smoking a cigar in his press conference, because we have seen that very thing happen. Who cares? LeBron James was drinking wine, walking into the game. Who cares? He was not playing that night. Who cares? That's just really how I feel about a lot of things like that. I just like to stay over here and mind my business and let whatever's good for you and works for you, works for you, Snookabooka. The only person I don't want to see smoking a cigar and drinking wine as they're going into work is the airline pilot. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Okay, of course we want you to drink responsibly and even smoke responsibly. I just assume that's going to happen off rip. But I like, yes, let's let that disclaimer. We don't want the pilots in there smoking and getting turned up before they about to take me all the way to Los Angeles on a six hour flight. No, sir. No, thank you. I don't want my Uber driver to try to say if he wants to puff puff pass with me. I don't want that either. I'm just saying let's be responsible, but then let's let grown folks be grown that's all i'm saying do we have a bonus one yeah so i got a bonus one it's pretty cool it just came out today uh you know how there's like there's always crazy names for bowl games in college football right yeah so jimmy kimball got his own bowl game it's called the jimmy kimball la bowl and he said never has a bowl game been named after a human being and papa john's doesn't even count because he's barely human oh my gosh what wait is papa john's a real person or not like if that's a dumb question no, no, no. So that, no because the owner of papa john said some crazy stuff if you yeah. guys don't know. oh yeah and then that's when Shaq came in it was it was doing damage control and now he has the undercover boss commercial and Shaq is just doing his thug fizzle so okay so you want to rename montgomery bull Okay, so I, I like where you're going with this. We can make it like a, a bitty ball bowl, you know, like that bitty ball stuff is serious. And, yes, it and is, so, boy. Make sure you get it right. people though. will fight about bitty ball, Cole. <laughs> they will. It's not a game. It's not a joke. No. Yeah, you can have a bitty bowl, but wow, we're going to have to have some beefed up security because that's... I've seen more bitty bowl fights than I've seen NFL fights. That's NBA a fact. <laughs> Listen, the coaches fighting the refs in bitty ball. We cover it on TMZ all the time. Coaches are fighting refs. Players are fighting refs. In AAU, we almost got in a couple of fights ourselves, Snookabooka. You know what them gyms was like <laughs> where I wasn't about to get in the fight, but Snook and Cole and Shay are in the stands, oh, and they yeah. don't particularly like if people start naming numbers. And I'm little number 20 out there, and they talking noise, and they're sitting beside yeah. Cole. Uh, breaking arms and stuff. Uh-uh. No, no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. You could, I, you know, you could talk about the game as far as how everyone's playing. You could talk about how the refs are not doing the job. But at, if there's children out there, you should not be naming any names. Talk about anybody's child. Because then if you talk about the wrong number that I'm with, we all going to have a problem. Okay. They're going to play, play the game with empty seats at that point. So <laughs> okay. That's how bitty balls come in. So, yeah, that actually sounds fun. We should look into getting a bitty ball. Oh. Ah. 
You should I'll get review your own it bowl. when it comes out. When it comes out, how how many millions of dollars do you think he paid for that? Okay, yeah. I, oh, that, you, I can't you know what? I was I was asking how did how is he the first to have his first. name on something? And I I mean, how much money could but you he, possibly pay? Yeah, he's just putting his name on it. Like it's not even it doesn't. Yeah, even but how did he get that stuff. licensing? Look, we do a lot of deals, and it ain't mm-hmm. okay. You just it's putting your name it's, on it, but that's probably, a licensing agreement. No, it's probably a lower bowl, and they probably needed the money for it's a sponsorship. I just wonder because it's like, I feel like a lot of times opportunities are basically, they come by proximity because that is just not who I would think would be the first name. Yeah. But I'm saying because it it doesn't appear to be like, if it was the Jimmy Kimmel show, then okay. Then like whoever he's on ABC, I think paid for it, but it looks like he paid for it himself. I know Paul, and there's plenty of athletes that I think could pay for it right out of their own little pockets. And I'm Mm -hmm. saying Jimmy Kennel or Jimmy, whatever. Yeah, it's smart. It could be, um, it could be, who is it? The boat, what was it? Uh, Bo, um, who's fans' favorite players player? It could be Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson Bowl. You know, there's so many other bowls. There's legends out there. You would start. Don't look into the stuff. You'll be surprised. People don't do it. No, I'm saying like, I bet, like, let's say hypothetically, if there was an ad put out, hey, we're looking for somebody to be the name of a bowl. It's a lower bowl. It's going to be not so great teams, but it's a great opportunity to put your name on a bowl. Uh, VP, are you telling me that you don't think that we would get some big names other not named Jimmy on there? I'm just saying that's dope for Jimmy. That's smart for Jimmy. But I'm really curious, like, how did this be? I'm always curious about how things became a thing because he was at the right place at the right time when it, yeah, that's what happened. Okay, but not even that. So wonder right if wonder, place, right time. Well, you're right, Ma. Or wonder if they did like other people did offer. Like I'm sure when there was bowls in their states, like I'm sure Miami, there was about a million people that could have had a bowl for you know the bowls that were in Miami for football. I wonder if they were turned down. Like, I want to know how, like, I'm not, I'm, I am a hundred percent sure with Miami U and all the ball yeah. games that happened in Florida, bowl games that happened in Florida. I'm sorry. Then how did you miss all of those legends? Cause I mean, you could just like, you could just toss a coin and hit about a million of them that came out of there. So I'm curious. I mean, it we're just curious. Win situation for the bowl because a lot of times when people give money or something like that, then wow. Well, we don't need any halftime entertainment. Since he's given that money, we'll just give him the floor for the oh, halftime. Oh my God! <laughs> but oh I mean, my goodness! You know, See I'm what I'm saying? If and they want you to do something. Well, you do this, this, and this. Then you know. It What's might he not- gonna do at half? She, I, if I get up there, if we look at this bowl and Jimmy Kimmel was up there cracking jokes, then that'll be probably the last bowl they had. I'm telling you, that'll be the last one. You talk about ratings lost because you can't go from you can't go from football to stand up. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I just I don't think he's gonna be involved in the halftime show. Of yeah, it's hard. That's hard. It's I hard think for, that it's this for entertainers. Am- yeah, this it's is an amazing opportunity. Look, if somebody got there and was like. Hey, VP, we want Renee to be on a name of the bowl. Oh, you better believe we're taking that opportunity. I just always wonder, like, how did we land on Jimmy? Great for Jimmy, though. Love it for you, Jimmy. This is uh, brand building 101. So amazing, Jimmy. Way to expand. I mean, I love it for him. I'm just saying, in case there are any other bitty, if there's any bitty bowls that need a title sponsor, <laughs> holla at remotely, okay? We here. Uh, okay? Actually, you know what? Maybe it is hard because actually I tried to sponsor like a 
little league baseball team this year, which I did it in the past. And they were like, no, we already have enough sponsors. And they like, turned oh. you down. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. They turned green money down. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You see, they must saying? be y'all rich up there, Paul. Y'all rich up wow. there. Cause I don't, I don't know any team wow. in Maryland that are turning down any money. And I'm going to tell know. you right now, even if our sponsorship packets were full, we're going to have to create another yeah. lane to give like, we are not going to turn down that good green. Yeah, money. They didn't pursue it. I was like, all right, I don't even want to, I don't even want to know. Yeah, I don't think this is as easy as like, yeah, one, two, three. I just, I'm really, that's why we got questions because the reason I ask questions is because, yeah, you doing that, but maybe there's something else to get that could be done over here. Don't but the team need socks? Don't they need socks? <laughs> like, don't y'all want well, hats? Well, maybe y'all could upgrade your hats. Hats, VP, that would be some better bats. I mean, sports hats on a little yeah. league team. Yeah, I'm saying like. Y'all need some better bats. You don't need some better equipment. Like y'all need some more bases, some better <laughs> bug out drinks or something. Like how you turn down money? I understand. It's That's so what I'm saying. Look, goals. I will just end it with goals. All of these things are goals. The Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, goals. That's goals. Uh, to turn down green money because we we got enough money. We don't need your money. Goals. All of uh, the Olympics goals all of it is goals and so that's why we bring scoreboard to you because we like to tell you those goals so that you can set some goals we trying to reach them too that's just what's happening on the scoreboard this week that's all i can say goals all right okay so for happening irl this week it was Father's Day. So guess what we did? We got Diddy on the pod, baby. I'm so excited. <laughs> Paul has been campaigning to have Diddy on the pod. Episode for one. And he <laughs> is here. Hi, my Diddy. I love you. Hello, Happy Precious. Father's Day. Love you too, Precious. Love you. Okay, so there's a lot of times where parents see things in kids young, and then once they grow up, parents are like, yeah, I wasn't surprised. The kid was doing this at a young age. So I want to just start out by asking you, we were th we were a trio of sisters, and we were thick as thieves. Everyone knows me, Shay, and Cole. We were a band of groups, but what did you see in each one of us young that now you can see that's an asset to us in our adulthood life? Okay. Singularity, when we start talking about one, we first started out with the oldest. She was always the manager. She was gifted at pulling people together. When we had the youth program at our church, which we were running, she was the one that we had used to control the other children because <laughs> they followed her lead naturally. And now I see her in her adulthood doing the exact same things, first for other corporations, but now for my daughter. Nashane was always the one that was the gifted brain. Yeah. I, I was always amazed that Shay would finish her homework so fast, I thought she was playing. But then when I looked at it, it was complete and it was right. So I said to myself, wow. But then you was determination, a dogmatic determination to accomplish whatever I asked you to do. When I say that, how does it transfer to your adulthood? Look at my daughter now. She came in, she's running things. She's running around and she's organizing things, multitasking and just going off and doing things that I'm saying, is that my daughter? <laughs> but then when I look at Shay, she's a pharmacist and I walk up to the window 
And they said, can I speak to the pharmacist? And my daughter comes up. I'm saying to myself, is this for real? <laughs> and then when I look at you, that little girl that used to be four and five years old dribbling the basketball six inches off the ground with a pair of gloves on in the winter on the sidewalk. And I'm saying to myself, this child really wants this. And then at nine years old, we enter a tournament in Columbus, Ohio. And my daughter sitting on the bench and the coach, we're getting clobbered. And I'm sitting in the stands because at that time I was not coaching. The coach comes to me and says, Ron, the point guard from this other team is killing us. Do you think your daughter can slow her up or do something about it? I told him, I said, as an arrogant father, I said, she'll shut her down. <laughs> and then I looked over and there you were sitting on a bench with your little legs crossed. And I said, Renee, the point guard, <laughs> take her out of the game. Don't let her bring the ball down the court. Move your feet. You said, looked at me and said, okay, daddy. <laughs> you go out on the court and immediately you were moving so fast. This point guard, it was completely dribbling through our whole team. She gets the ball six foot down the floor and she's trying to pick it up and, and looking for somebody to throw it to. But all her players are on the other end because they're accustomed to just standing there waiting until she dribbles through the whole team. They throw the ball and she lay it up. So she reaches and starts to throw a baseball pass. And my little girl, little as she was, jumped up and caught the baseball pass. And everybody in the stands would, oh, and I can remember very, very, very uh, vividly, there were four, how at that time, they were ABL players, which were the basketball pro league for the women at that time. They were setting called the Columbus Quest. And they were sitting on the in chairs that they had set up for them, especially so they could be on display as, you know, those persons of knowledge that was there. And all four of them went, oh. So after that game, they came to me and they said, you know you got something special on your hand. And I didn't know at that time what to think as a father to say, yeah, or what. But it, it struck me the same way it struck them. So I immediately go to the phone and call my wife and I say, baby doll, I said, <laughs> We got something extraordinary on our hands, a gifted athlete. And understand, she was not my best athlete. My Crazy. best athlete was Nicole. No, Nicole. Nicole was my best athlete. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. But tell the truth, I was, huh? I agree. I was so, so, I was so, so at that time struck. All that time she spent out dribbling that basketball six inches off the floor, all that determination that she had and the mental toughness that it took, I was not surprised when she went to the next level and then to the level next beyond above it, okay? Wow, so Diddy, what wow. I would say to you is that you've been blessed with a gift of Absolutely. mental toughness. Absolutely. And all three of my daughters have that. You look at them. They all three of them. And I love it to death. <laughs> we I are strong-minded and stubborn, boy. We're strong-minded yes. and stubborn. 
and and Cole, how do you, Cole? You're the 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 most athletic of the family, huh? I believe it. I remember watching Cole Young running track, <laughs> running hurdles, high jump, majorette, and everything she did. It was like she was chilling, played basketball, but she was chilling. It was like. You're doing amazing things, but it doesn't look like you're trying. And Coach R.E.M. always said, that's a sign of somebody great when they make it look easy. So I agree with Diddy Cole, the most athletic. And Shay definitely got the brains of the family. I'm going to tell you that oh, right Shay. now. Yeah. No question. Yes. And don't yeah. question a little bit. Little bitty, little bitty got it too. Got <laughs> yeah, it thank on. you. I think <laughs> so, Diddy. I tell people all the time about this. When, when I was young, I would have to get my homework done first. And then I would wait for you to get off of work every single day. What do we do when you got off of work every single day, Diddy? Every single day we went to the court. First of all, in our home, my wife is an educator. So academics was paramount in our household. You did not do anything until after you have done your homework, and it had been checked by your older sisters and then presented to the lady of the house, the brains of my family. Now, what happened is that she would be practicing every day and she would put the work in. So what I was looking at is that I made a deal with her at that time. Yep. I said, baby girl, I said, if you give me 100%, I will give you 100% and I'll make sure as much as possible within me to get you to the right places where you can get a chance to be successful at what your goals, because you had told me your goal at that time was to play college basketball. And I was determined to get you in a position. I was not the coach to do it. That's the first thing that I had to recognize my own limitations, yeah. but I was getting you to persons who were able to take you to the level that you needed to go. The thing most of all that I was most impressed with with you is that when I did a thing that we call charting, at that time, there was very few rating services out there. Matter of fact, some of the rating services were actually run by some of the coaches of the AAU system. And what I would do, I would set that system down and I would look and I would see who in that next tournament was name was on that list of top players. And what I would do is that I would sit there and I would say, okay, we're playing in this tournament, end of the trail, whatever tournament that was. And I would say, this person, this person, and this person is in that tournament. Number 10, number 15, number 12, whatever the rating was. And I would say to you, I would say, baby Dom, Tonight, you're playing against the number 12 point guard in the nation. And you would go out there and I would watch and try to see how it went. And to my amazement, you actually, most of the time that we saw you play, you were out playing that person in that position. Now, I can remember, and I will call this to your remembrance so y'all would know it. At one time, we were playing in the national tournament in Washington, D.C., and there was, and I'm not going to mention names because I'm not going to embarrass anybody or anything of that nature, <laughs> but you were playing against the number one point guard in the nation. Mm -hmm. And I can remember when I looked around that gym, 
it was a who's who in college women's basketball standing around there. You had your Pat Summits, you had your Gio, Gino Aramas, uh, your, your, you had your coach from Georgia that we used to call, they could, Gino called him oil can Harry. I don't, not, I don't want to call him that. Oh, but they, coach, uh, yeah, what's his name? Andy. Andy, Andy Landers, yeah. Andy Landers, Andy Landers. But anyway, all the top coaches in the country were there. And I remember one particular coach came to me and said, um, Ron, your girl is playing against the number one point guard in the nation. And I remember very vividly what happened. The first eight, the first four possessions Little Bitty took the number one point guard off the bounce and <laughs> took her to the hole and laid it up. <laughs> and I can remember one of my friends who was coaching at that time, he blew the whistle and called timeout and they went to a zone. And I remember shortly after I was looked around and everybody at that time was on the phone or writing or doing something or on their tablet. And I can remember this same coach came to me right after about the, I guess it was around a little after halftime and said to me, the word is already out. There's a new number one point guard in the nation. <laughs> and all that charting that we did over the years, it just amazed me to have somewhat we had walked through that chart and being on a Nike team, we played the best of the best. So it was an opportunity to actually play those players. And my baby came through it. And then I remember the end of that whole thing is when that coach told me, we have a new number one point card in the nation. Crazy. And I knew then that you were on your way. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to hear those old stories because like as a player, it's so easy to just forget about steps along the way and so that's why I love when I talk to Snook and Diddy because they remember everything by the way parents remember everything that you don't remember <laughs> parents remember every accolade how it went down who was there who said it wouldn't happen you better believe those parents know all of that and I get a lot of questions right now and since it's father's it just father's day just passed a oh, lot of yes. people ask me well how do your parents feel about when you opted out. So I want to ask you that on camera too, uh, Diddy. Maybe Snook, you could answer too. Like, what were your thoughts when I told you that I'm pretty sure I'm going to opt out? Well, baby, unlike most people, or unlike, how can I say, people or children think, parents have an insight to the children. There's certain things that they do that almost says in essence that this is going to happen. And if you can remember, and I'm gonna call to your remembrance, I said to you better than a year before that, that you were gonna to have to make a very important decision. Yeah, I and I was always nervous about, you know, when you was getting, you know, these calls from these people about, you know, they wanted you to, to do an opportunity such as, you know, call a, a big game or someone would call you and say, you know, look, uh, we want you to come and audition for this or an audition for that. And then sometimes people would call and say, you know what, you've got this gift that we may even want you to run for politics. And I'm saying to myself, <laughs> oh my goodness. I want you to finish these last few years. You know, you still got some good years in, you know, play the game, you know. 
And what happened is that amazes me is that, you know, at some point you say to yourself, you know, whatever the Lord's will is, that's what's going to happen. No matter how I was trying to steer you away from it, I saw it happening. And my wife also, she could speak to this. We saw it happening. And we knew at one point when it got close that you were actually through. Because when you saw what happened with the injustice of George Floyd, there was a light that clicked on you that I knew then that I better get prepared because my daughter's going to be doing something else other than playing basketball. And it broke my heart because I wanted to see you out there a couple <laughs> more years, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I said to myself, I said, I started praying, first of all. And I said, Lord, I said, you told me that, you know, if my child would find favor in you, that you would sometime give her the desires of her heart, which is really the desires of our heart as parents. There's no parent around that is truly a parent, especially speaking from a father's standpoint, that does not want his child to realize their dreams. Nicole, you're doing your dream. We talked about that even this morning. Yes, sir. We sure did. Weekend, we talked about it. Yes, sir. And then, then we have Nache. She's realizing her dream. We call her Dr. Shay. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Reformers. Dr. Shay. Dr. Shay. And Renee, you said to me then that I'm going to do something different. How different, I did not have a clue it was going to be that different, you know. But when you decided to, to opt out, I knew you were stepping out on faith. Because, first of all, you didn't have a job. <laughs> you, Hello, you somebody. You walked away from your job, baby. Wait a minute, think about this now. You, you walked away from your job. But the reality of it is, is that I knew God was going to take care of you. And then all of a sudden, you went out there and... You said some things. You supported some people. And I looked up and they was talking about people like Stacey Abrams and they were talking about some of the other people. And then my daughter's name was mentioned in the same breath. And I'm saying, wait a minute, is that for real? <laughs> but then I knew you had made the right decision. Wow. That you, you know, it was and time. So, and, and just shortly after that, a lot of people asked me this as well. How does your, your parents feel about buying the dream now how did you feel when oh what because they knew so just the backstory <laughs> my parents knew how long i've been trying to do it pretty much like he talked about right when i saw everything happening with the george floyd situation and and with the injustice the civil unrest with everything going on yeah i was bothered i was disturbed my family knew it my parents knew it so they knew at that point that's when planning started but diddy what were your thoughts Whenever, yeah. you know, we, we finally got it because I called and was like, yo, we, we did it. Like, we got it. Well, what blew my mind, baby, you remember we, we did a thing between my daughter and I and I do with my, all my children, speak it into existence. In other words, what we're saying is that we believe it so much that God's going to grant it to us. And we're not going to, we're going to say it's going to be done and we're going to forget about it because it's already yeah. done. And we used to say, speak it into existence. 
And when she was making these statements about buying the team, I was saying, speak it into existence. But then the man in me says, wait a minute now, are you just, are you, an old folks say you bite off more than you can chew? I mean, is this something that you really want, but you know, it's not, may not happen. And um, I was sitting there and my baby was sitting, I said, no, I said, I believe it. Did I believe it? A little doubt was there, but I'm saying, okay. <laughs> but nevertheless, I saw things opening up. And then all of a sudden, especially when the first group that she was with, you know, people that she was talking about, talking to and different ones and stuff, it wasn't going anywhere. And I was saying, okay, have faith, you know? So I said, Lord, I told her that. I said, we're just going to speak it into existence. It's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, I looked up and there was a pathway. And I'm like, well, but then when it happened, I said to myself, oh my goodness, look what God has done. I mean, go away, doubting heart. This is for real. And she comes <laughs> and she said, hey, we bought the dream. We. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. And I, I can't think, I cannot think the brothers and the sister of mine that have become my family for the opportunity that they did give to my daughter. I mean, I cannot thank him enough. Suzanne told me, y'all know how I am and what I say. I was so thankful for them seeing in my daughter what all of us saw. Already knew. And, but they was in the plan. God had already talked to them. They may not know it, but he did. <laughs> and, and, and I just, I just, I just been, it, to me, I was elated because once again, I talk about seeing and also realizing that you're getting the desires of your heart. And that was the desire of your heart. Okay. I'm not going to talk to you there. Okay. No, Diddy, I love yeah, it. I love it. I just want people because a lot of people, a lot of everybody knows Snookabooka, you know, like Snookabooka. Oh, yeah. Oh, Co host yeah. Of, of Remotely. Snookabook is on oh, Twitter. Yeah. Diddy's just oh, not yeah. out there like that. So I wanted people to be no, able to hear no, from no. you, you know, what your thoughts are growing up. People, I just wanted them to know every day when Diddy got off of work, we were on the court outside. I had an outdoor court, by the way. So built yes, West Virginia indeed. tough. <laughs> and, Diddy, and Diddy built my uh, basketball hoop, by the way, too. So we didn't just go and buy one at the store. He literally made my basketball hoop from scratch. I'm just telling you, this is country living, but it made me who I am. It, it made me who I am. It made Cole who she is. It made Shay who she is. So happy Father's Day, Diddy. Thank you for doing Thank you. Thank I think I think people are gonna want a Snook and Diddy show. How do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, oh no, oh no! Diddy is the man behind the great Diddy. Who runs the world? Who runs okay, the world? Okay, I like that. You see, you see it here from my Diddy. Okay, that's how we move around here. We love to hear it, Snook and Booker. Let me just add one thing. Nicole is outside, and if you hear a ball bouncing, it's on that court. That's You're on the court. That was what it is. I had to, I had to tell him. Cut it out. <laughs> and out there now, hooping on that court. 
Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep, sure is. Of course, still fact, I probably need to change that backboard. <laughs> no, keep it, Diddy. Yes, keep keep it. that backboard. There is there is uh, culture in that backboard. There's memories in that backboard. There's life in that backboard. And years in that backboard. <laughs> years in that backboard. Come on now, we got to keep that. That's, that's the inspirational backboard. So, Diddy, thank okay. you so much. Does anybody have anything else? Because I don't know if we will ever get Diddy back on the pod. I don't know how hard it was to get him here. All right, I'll, I'll ask one more question. What What's your favorite uh, Renee basketball moment? Okay. Oh my goodness. My favorite Renee basketball moment is when she won. Well, I, I hate to put it in that perspective, when they won the national title in NCAA at UConn. Yeah. Reason why that was my favorite moment is because Coach Oriama put so much in this, even to the point where you can see at that point, it brought him to tears because he wanted so badly for Renee to win a national title. And this was her last chance. We had been there the year before, not to the title game, but we had been in the final four. Yeah. But this particular year, was her last shot. And when she accomplished that, it was like a line, Paul, of a, uh, it was like the crowning moment of her college career because she had won titles as a high school uh, athlete. She won three of them, matter of fact. Then she came to the college rank and spent three years there and came up empty handed. But then, Paul, for her, when she won that, when she, I shouldn't say, say, when the team won that title, and many of them said they wanted Renee, it for Renee, especially the younger players, and then Coach Ariema said that, that was one of the, my most touching moments that I had. Because once again, she had a chin, really received the desires of her heart. Now, I'm a Parallel that also when she won the WNBA title, when she was part of the team that won the WNBA title, NBA title twice. The first time that she won one, it was really like a crowning moment for a career that she had spanned 11 years at that time, or 10 years at that time. So what I'm getting at is this, is that those two moments, are equal to me because many players feel somewhat incomplete when they have stellar careers and never taste a championship or get a ring. She's gotten that crowning glory at every level she's played at. So there's no apprehension from her to say, I'm looking back and do I wanna go back and play again? That's not, that's not part of her life. She's going on now with a smile to the next chapter of her life. And look what's with her. What am I, the, the three, uh, three of the four greatest women that I know and love are with her. One of them's not with her, but I, I tell you, I'm gonna tell you like it is. There is no greater feeling for a husband and a father than to see what I'm seeing in my children. 
So that's the moment. Now don't ask me no more, Paul, because I have my no, mouth to run and you say, shut up. Okay. Listen, I we ain't gonna ask you no more because I don't want to cry. I've already cried on remotely right here on this set. I will not do it again. Maybe not. I don't know. I can't call it, but Diddy, amazing. Love you, love you, love you, Diddy. Thank you for breaking out of your comfort zone and hopping on here with us because Diddy, I like to be in front of the camera. Yeah, you gotta come on again. (laughs) You take care of my youngest son. He's representing me. We got Paul. Don't uh, worry. Okay. We got him. We got him. Thank you, my daddy. I could listen. So this is the man that raised me. Y'all listen to him talk. You can hear how he just fueled me every day just after work. I know he was probably tired. And every day I was out there dribbling and shooting. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Diddy was with me. Okay. But I'm going to move on now to one-on-one. Somebody else that had some long hours in the gym, Darius Miles co-host of the podcast knuckleheads the award-winning podcast knuckleheads he's also a guy that just has a great story and a journey of the nba used him as an example of what not to do in media training to now he's co-host of an award-winning podcast check it out okay so darius now i i'm going to just start out because I, i usually start actually let me start the way i always start what did young Darius think that he was going to be when he grew up? Did you always knew you, you knew you was going to be a hooper or did you have other aspirations? Uh, I didn't really have too many aspirations. Basketball was the only one that was really, uh, seemed like I was getting a lot of love and doing a lot of positive things by doing that, going, coming from where I came from. So, yeah, I, I think basketball was probably it. And talk about that because, you know, I've had Karan Butler on this show and, you know, he's come from, I like when people realize where you came from, you have a popular podcast, which I'm going to get into later, but I love when people can see the backstory to appreciate the front. So talk about what it was like where you came from. Uh, where I came from is uh, one of the murder capitals, you know, of the United States. Uh, it's 89 blocks. It's on the edge of Illinois. It's right outside of St. Louis. Uh, people be saying that, like, when I say I'm from East St. Louis, they think I'm from St. Louis, and which is St. Louis is Missouri, and East St. Louis is Illinois, but I claim both sides. I definitely love both sides, but uh, I grew up in East St. Louis, a rough neighborhood, you know. A lot of people didn't come from, come out where I came from. Uh, It's only a few, and I was blessed to uh, come out of there. Basketball was one of them things that I feel like uh, people may kind of push me to it because I seen how I was putting smiles on people's faces and how people was coming out to see me. Like I say, it's not a big city, but to have everybody in the city come see me play, that was like a big thing to me. Well, you know, I, I watched NBA on TNT and it was crazy to watch because when they had y'all on there to watch D Wade and all those other people talk about how you were that guy, you know, so you, yeah. about you were getting a lot of attention in high school. You were the guy that people looked up to, people like a D Wade and in that area. What was it like having the city on your shoulders like that? Because I come from a small town as well. So it's different when you are the guy in the town that everybody looks to and everybody knows about. Uh, I was, uh, it was, I embraced it. You know, uh, I grew up playing against a lot of older folks and they, they put the hammer on me, so I couldn't make no mistake. So once it was my time to shine, you know, I carried it, you know, on my chest and I uh, made sure I represented every time I played. That's what helped me be competitive. That would help me help my game out. Uh, just in that, like uh, just playing with the older cats, it just made me ready for the moment. 
And when you became an older cat, what was that like in a sense of you knew you had young, young guys looking up to you deep? Like I said, they talk like I didn't know that when I watched NBA on TNT, it was very informative to see like the level you were on. You were you are and were like one of the premier players. Can you just talk about that moment where you went from, all right, I'm killing it to I'm going to be in the NBA because that's that's different. Everybody doesn't get to make it to that next level. Yeah, it was it was surreal. Like I say, every moment I just embraced it. Uh, from the from uh, my senior year coming to St. John's uh, before I played the season, to after the season, the uh, NBA scouts coming to my games and just the whole process of it, I embraced it all the way down until I started getting upper deck cards and signing them for checks. Okay, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, uh, I remember my first uh, upper deck sent me like a hundred trading cards. Uh, it was right before the draft and. Uh, my mom's drove school buses. She made like 45, 46,000 a year. Uh, Upper Deck gave me like 50, 55,000 to sign a hundred trading cards. And it was like, I made more than my mama. In one, like, it, like in 30 minutes of me signing my name on some cards. And it was just, that's how drastic, that's how instantly it changed, you know? And uh, like I say, going to LA, I've never been to LA, seeing the palm trees, getting drafted by the Clippers. It was all surreal, but all of it, I just embraced it. Uh, thing with D-Wade and them and all that, uh, giving a prop, that was a big blessing to hear it from him because, you know, that's my guy and we played together. But I always try to be a, a, you know, even though I was the superstar, I was the man, I always try to be a good teammate. Like, uh, that was a big thing for me. I never wanted to treat nobody or none of my teammates like, oh, I was the best player. All of us was like kind of equal. And I just respect that because that's what I tried to do. So I'm glad he noticed that. Everybody noticed that. You can tell the way people talk about you, they noticed that. Now, I love the money games, okay? So you talked mm -hmm. about 55000 for like 100 cards. What was like the craziest, a couple crazy deals that you just couldn't believe when they sat it in front of you? Like, what was some deals? I talked to Quentin, who is co-host of the Knuckleheads Pod alongside with you, and, and he talked about just the Jordan deals and different, like yeah. being one of the beginning people for Jordan brand. That's a crazy concept because we all know Jordan Brand, but y'all was there at the beginning of it. Can you just talk about that stuff? Yeah, Jordan, uh, I think we showed up at Jordan camp with Ann One gear on because uh, <laughs> Ann One was trying to get us, but we always been Nike kids playing in AAU. And you know, you know, once you get really in the game in, in the NBA, it's like now you in the business. So now it's like toss up. A lot of people is trying to get you from Adidas and all that stuff. So we showed up at Jordan camp with our Jordan girl on and um, I mean, with our Adidas girl, our A one girl on and uh, he was like, what y'all got on? What y'all got that on for? You say he, we're talking about Michael Jordan. Well, he talking Michael Jordan. He was like, like why y'all got that on? And he was like, man, we trying to be Nike and all that. He was like, all right, I'm gonna make a phone call. Y'all ain't gonna be that no more. Don't show up here tomorrow with that on. So when he made a phone call, my agent called us like, what just happened? He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, Nike just called us and now y'all with Jordan brand and he's sending four boxes of peace for both of y'all. So we got boxes at the hotel cause we were staying at the same resort as him. We got boxes at the hotel with nothing but joy. We couldn't even fill our cars up to ride back to LA from hey, Santa Monica with all the stuff that we where had. Where did all come from? It was overnighted to you or like yeah, what? It was overnight. It was like right instantly right there. We had like 10 pairs of shoes, like 10 pairs of sweatsuits, shorts, tank tops. We had draw socks, like, 
like like everything. But that was one of them deals too. That like you know, it was surreal. I grew up loving Jordan. I'm an Illinois kid. The Bulls and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen is everything to me. And to represent his brand coming straight out of high school, yeah. and they giving us the money that they gave us, giving us five. They gave me five hundred thousand a year for and, it. And how you know old were you at that time? Just I was eighteen. 18. Yeah, I was 18 and I, I got that. And then uh, the second year, this is another surreal thing to me. My agent wanted me to to, to do these uh, trial for this movie because the, the producer was was a big Clippers fan and he liked me. So he was coming out with this movie called The Perfect Score and it had Scarlett Johansson and uh, Chris Evans in it. And they asked me to do the movie. So I was like, nah, he was like, just go and just audition for it. So I went all the way, flew back out to LA from summertime, cause I didn't want to come back out to LA. Flew to LA, came back out, did the audition and just left and just forgot about it. Just continued with my summer. And they called me, it was like- Before, like, have you ever done anything like that before? I never did, I never did. And they called my agent back, was like, yeah, he, uh, we want him to play the part. And it's gonna be in Vancouver next summer or something like that. And I was like, nah, I'm cool. I don't wanna do it. He was like, they talking about giving you a million dollars. That make you look. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm on D-Way. <laughs> so I, I went to Vancouver. I stopped what I was doing, went to Vancouver, did the movie. And uh, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Uh, just being out there doing that movie. Uh, I think Holly Berry was out there doing a the movie. Uh, they was doing the Jason versus Freddy out there. This was when everybody was going to Vancouver because it was cheaper in Vancouver to do movies than it was in the United States. And uh, just that whole experience, I wouldn't have traded in for a world. It really wasn't just about the money after that. You know what I'm saying? Once I got the, the connections and the friendships and the, all that, and then to see like Chris and Scarlett, you know, be Captain America and do oh, all the they doing in their career it's like man that just was a dope experience that i never i cherish to this day how long did it take the process like how long were you there filming was it like oh i'll never really want to be an actor because them hours <laughs> is long like it, it's like all right if you're doing a day scene when if the sun come up at six you're gonna work from six to six so if you're doing your night scene you're gonna work from six in, at night to six in the morning to the sign come up like so it was like hours for us yeah. i want people to understand yeah. to getting in the gym you being there three yeah. maybe four hours with filming everything included so you was doing 12 hour days on set yeah but i i was like the comedian on the set like i had them bring a basketball gold and we just used to do some of the craziest stuff on the set and i used to be shooting the ball all the time and they'd be like hold the ball <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy hearing all of these stories about athletes, what they went through, where they came from. Darius Miles should be sober. A lot of people consider him the OG. Dwayne Wade talked about it at length that Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson, who was the other co-host of the podcast, how they were his OG. So you just, I love when you hear stories like that. And I also love hearing all the different stories that Snookabooka has in her remote root segment. So Snook, what do you have for us this week? Okay, well, first of all, it's been a great week. Uh, as I said, uh, a lot has gone on, but the most amazing thing to me is the Juneteenth celebration. And let me just share a little bit about it with you. June 19th or Juneteenth has been celebrated in the Black community 
with limited fanfare or national recognition for a very long time. On this day in 1865, two months after the Confederacy had surrendered, Union soldiers brought the news to slaves in Galveston, Texas, that they were free. As you might guess, a tremendous celebration took place on this day, a day of new hope. Because of the racial climate and eye-opening incidents that have occurred recently, Juneteenth has come to the forefront of the news. In 2020, during the heat of the summer, social and racial unrest, and the deadly pandemic, many people hit the streets to celebrate this day. In Atlanta, the Renee Montgomery Foundation sponsored a big Juneteenth celebration event at Centennial Park. Celebrations like this occurred all over the country. This year's Juneteenth celebration is especially significant since many states, including my state of West Virginia, who has a 3.7% black population, is recognizing it. Now the federal government has legislated that this day will become a new federal holiday. Now the Atlanta Dream had already added Juneteenth as a paid day off for its employees a few months ago. Now many state and federal workers will be able to celebrate this day off as well with pay. When President Biden signs the new holiday into law, it will become the first federal holiday added since Martin Luther King Day in 1983. Martin Luther King Day was a day of aspiration for minorities nearly 40 years ago. And I believe Juneteenth is another day that will highlight our place in American history and educate everyone of how far we have come, but how far we still need to go. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, where do we go from here? Yes, Nookabooka, we are normalizing Juneteenth around here, and we're also normalizing showing love to other people. So that's why we have Jamisha Blake on here to come on, to not only come on our podcast, but to show love to someone else. Welcome to the show, Jamisha. And Jamisha, you're doing a lot of different things. So I know that you have the Dropping Gems podcast. Can you tell me about that? The spiritual athlete? Yes, ma'am. So basically the Dropping Gems podcast, um, it's just a way to relay information uh, that is not normal to society. My passions are um, delving in, in consciousness and education and energy and different aspects of our mind, psychology. So I want to bring that, as you said, normalized young teeth. I really want to bring that information to the Black community because it's something that we don't normally hear about, like things like meditation and, you know, being able to center yourself. So I want to incorporate other aspects of learning um, just to give different ways that we can actually improve our lives on a daily. So that's really what my podcast is about, just um, exploring different avenues and educating people. I love it. And now this is coming from a former professional athlete, just so you guys know, played overseas, Georgia native, a lot of different things going on. You also have a YouTube channel that you work through. What, what, tell me about that. Yeah, so the YouTube is a spiritual um, athlete YouTube channel. Um, I've done a couple of videos, um, as I mentioned, on energy. Just for a quick example, I did a video just explaining the entire realm of energy, how we are energy, how we can manipulate energy, and how um, energy can be manipulated 
through us through different things such as music, um, visual, um, imagery, just different things to to give our community um, ways to think outside the box. So I just wanted to provide different videos um, on, you know, astrology, psychology, energy, just different things like that. So that's pretty much what the YouTube is about, just exploring different um, topics such as that. I love it. I love it. Now, as everyone knows on Remote Roses, what we do is we bring somebody on like Jamisha and then we show her love like she's dropping Jim's podcast. And then what Jamisha does is she shows somebody else love. And it is a very competitive game we play, Jamisha. I just want you to know that off rip. We take it serious about this guessing. What we do is we give out five hints about who the person could be. We call those hints roses because we like to get people roses while they're here. Um, and Jamisha is going to lead that. Are you ready? Wait a minute, where is my, oh, I was about to say, yeah, where's my ready. pen? I need my pen now, wait a minute. You don't need your pen. You're not, you're not oh, I need it. my pen now because- <laughs> oh, you don't need that. Don't oh look yeah, hard. it's time for me to get some more doves. I feel like I'm in a little drought. I've lost the past couple ones. So Jamisha, <laughs> can you give us our first rose, please? Okay, our first rose, um, I'm just going to give you an easy one. Um, this person is an artist, so I'll give you that one. Because if I give anything um, else other, about his artistry, you'll get it. So I'll just give you that just to give you an um, idea of who this person may be. Okay. Okay, this athlete is an artist. And so let me just take a little guess just in case. She didn't say athlete. She's a person, yeah. didn't she? Who said was an athlete? Uh, she's an athlete. Is it Damian Lillard? No, no, it's not an athlete. It's an artist. A, uh, a okay. Oh, y'all mind y'all That's a that's a negative point. Oh no, <laughs> uh, Rose number two, please. Okay, Rose number two. This musician received a Peace Medal of the Third World in 1978. Oh, okay. So old school. Okay, yeah. this is what we doing. This is what we doing. And then. Snook guest Quincy Jones. No. Uh, VP is guessing Prince. No. Uh, okay, let's go with rose number three, please. Okay, rose number three. Rose number three would be the type of music that he uh, makes. Um, his his passion was to unite people, um, to inspire people, and to also bring awareness on um, African. Americans uh, issues in Jamaica. Oh, in Jamaica. Oh. Bob Marley. Oh, I got it. Bob Marley. Bob Marley. I guess Bob Marley. <laughs> Mom got it before you, Renee. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bob got it before you. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Oh, come Bob on. That's a tie. It's a two-way tie. Oh, Let me tell you. No, no, it's not. Because let me tell you, when she said bringing awareness, I had Marvin Gaye. Then she said, in Jamaica, I said, oh, let's go with no. That's not a bad guess, Cole, for Marvin. That's not a, so who won, Jamisha? I'm just saying, I don't, I didn't get to see no, no, it. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, Miss Nicole won. I'm going to be honest, Miss Nicole won. Oh, no, so, so, no, no you're no, agreeing, no, yeah, like, yeah, so she's saying Snook won because she's back in Cole that said, I was second. So you mean to tell me that yeah. Snook up there wrote hers before mine? Is that what you're trying yes, to tell it me? Was, she had hers all the way, yeah. already up there while you were still writing. She did, she did, she did. <laughs> And is it spelled correctly? Look at Snook, I, oh, you know what? 
Look. Doggone it. Doggone it. Okay, so Bob Mar Bob Marley great one. Let me tell you, man, I'm so happy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, let me give, let me give. What did you say, Bob? What did you say Bob Marley did? He made music that he wanted to do what? Bring awareness. Uh, bring awareness to um, African of the diaspora uh, issues with his uh, diaspora would, would be the Africans that were displaced from Africa and brought to the Americas. So most of his music was uh, pretty, mu pretty much about the revolution and about our issues um, and just really to empower us. So, you know, he brought the world together off of really just um, educating people on Africans issues. All facts. Yes. I was throwing roses, just yes. so you know. As Misha was talking, I was throwing some roses, and these last roses are for you, Misha, for what you're doing to try to bring awareness. We see with Naomi Osaka what's going on now, where mental health is coming to the forefront. It's something that no one really talked about with athletes, but now people understand that that's a vital part, the same way athletic health is a part, mental health is a part too. So Misha, these flowers are for you. Thank you for joining us here on Remotely. Renee, keep doing what you're doing and keep dropping yes. those gems. Yes. yes. Thank yes. you so much for having me. And I also want to shout you out as well. We appreciate you as an Atlanta native. I appreciate everything that you're doing for Atlanta. So, you know, just keep keep striving and keep inspiring people. You're inspiring me as well. And, you know, we have to come together as, a, as the Black community to uplift each other. So I appreciate everything you guys are doing, especially on this podcast and with your foundation as well. Wow. Thank you, man. Thank you. Wow. Friend of the show. Thank you for coming on, Jamisa. All right. No problem. Thank you. Have a great day, baby. Have a meeting. You have a great day. That was great. Okay. Okay. That was, that was just great. Mom, we know why you thought it was just great. I had to I give it know. to her today. She I did. I think she that was, I'm in. sorry. I think that was a two way tie. I don't nah, know. Nah, 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 I'm nah. just saying. When I, when I was holding it up, you were still writing. I was, you she was yeah. Well, yeah. technically, it should be nobody's point because it's supposed to be a living person. Well, look, no, we listen. Don't hate the game. Hate the don't hate the players. Hate the game, baby. She picks. Look at Snook. Snook, big man, <laughs> looking at you like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't try it. <laughs> don't try it. Uh, I also said Prince, so that was stupid. <laughs> but that's say, okay. Listen, we Prince. Prince passed away. I. That's why I'm saying it was stupid. And Bob was Marvin Gaye. He was gone too. So, <laughs> what's going on? Listen, I love that she picked. Bob Marley. I love that Diddy came on for Happening IRL. We had Darius Miles, who a lot of people consider him an OG out here. We had Snook. Give just we she's gonna educate you heathens on everything. And this week it was Juneteenth. We announced Renee's run. Lots of big business going on. This is what is going on in our world. This is what's going on in the world. What's going on? Catch us next week and find out what's going on then while we connect while being remote on Remotely Renee. is your partner big boy interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood introducing neighbor to neighbor a california volunteers network that empowers you to take action contribute to local needs and 
be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.